The Dimp Digital Network presents The DDT WrestleCast edition i am flying solo had a two three beers under my belt and um no mr paper this week again taking himself a, an extended break but i'm gonna run through uh, briefly the the wwe earnings call which we had earlier um in the week and then run through dynamite i've seen dynamite on on AEW plus via fight dot tv through that app so i'm gonna run through that give you some opinions of that and that'll probably draw an end for this week's episode and we'll see what we we rummage up next week but just before we get into the main meat of this particular podcast um, a couple of clarifications from last week's episode i spoke a lot and in depth about the releases that wwe had um announced they announced some more for mainly for it looked like nxt talent that hadn't appeared on telly or had minimal tv exposure so there was a few more names that come out this week um but one thing i probably i don't know if i made it clear which is why i mention it here is that all the guys that have been released like like wrestler wise for example they've got a 90 day non-compete clause um but they are fully paid during that 90 days so it's not like they're sitting on their ass not doing anything and not earning any money, they will get three months worth of salary or whatever they're they're, they're owed, you know, for their for their contract itself. And also, I noticed that I was I kept saying furlonged, not furloughed, and I can't even blame the beer for that because last week, if you listen carefully, you'd have known that I was drinking coffee. So, hmm. A bit different this week. Got some bud on the go. Bottle of Budweiser. Lovely during lockdown. So, WWE earnings call. Um, prior to the, the investors call from, from Thursday, is when it took place, WWE released their Q1 2020 numbers and it showed a, like a 60% year-on-year net revenue growth to $291 million dollars. Average paid WWE network subscriber was hovering at about 1.46 million. So that's what they're saying. We're looking at how many people are actually paying for it because often with the WWE network, you get 30 days free. Um, at least paper got 90 days free. So you got one of those severance packages from the WWE they're offering out. So um, yeah, so they got, they got 1.46 million they believe are being paid. Uh, they added that the network subscribers peaked at 2.1 million on April the 6th due to their highest amount of weekend subscriber editions. So that's Friday through Sunday in the history. 
on the call, they did decline to say how many um, were free versus paid, but the, the key performance indicators suggested that it was in the you know in in the region of about one point four one point six million. So it's, it's there in the in the numbers if you want to look it up. But for some reason, they were unwilling to mention it on the call. So there you go. Um, now the reason for the year-on-year increase was that their their TV rights fees um, were offset by a reduction in both live event and, and ticket revenue and merchandise sales. So, although they got excellent TV deals, they obviously missed a live gate audience and the merchandise sales from that due to the restrictions in place for COVID. So, if you think about WrestleMania, how many? What was it? Seventy thousand? You know, they could have. That's a gate gone. So. Probably not as high as they'd um, as they'd thought. O- operating income was fifty three point three million, so up from the previous year's quarter, which was um, a, a six point eight million loss. There was a record of forty six million hours of content consumed during WrestleMania week, and the prior year um, it was twenty eight percent less. So it's, a, it's an increase of twenty eight percent. Uh, of content that was consumed <laughs> during WrestleMania week. Digital video views increased 25% to 9.6 billion and 344 million hours were consumed, which is up by 15%. They addressed some of the, the changes that they had to make during COVID-19, all of which were, were discussed previously. They, they offset the, the loss of ticket and merchandise sales by reducing operating events and a new model for generating content. I don't know what that's going to be, but they're, they're saying there's something new coming that's going to generate some, some new content for them. Vinnie Mac himself said that the coronavirus only affected a few weeks during the quarter and that they will continue to produce compelling content in the weeks to come. That's fair, yeah, because obviously the quarter ends... Um, you know, at the end of, end of March, so they would have just got the tail end of of the coronavirus kicking off. So it hadn't. It wasn't like the whole quarter was impacted by this. It was just the, the back end of it. Uh, he acknowledged that the raw ratings were off considerably year to year, and that SmackDown had been fairly consistent. He said it's a challenge. It's a challenging environment, but that you have to take advantage of the environment and make it special. They will continue to create mini movies like they did at WrestleMania. So, if you were one of those people like Paper and I who were not overly impressed with the the Boneyard match and the the, the Firefly Flunhouse, hmm, got some more coming your way. He talked about how WrestleMania was off the charts for social interaction and the network subscriber editions over the weekend were the highest in the history, which is what we kind of noted um, a little bit earlier. He carried out a, a question and answer portion with the with the investors, you know, Vinnie Mac and Frank Riddick, Michael Waits, they're all there. McMahon said that they have already had several states, US states, ready as backup plans to welcome the WWE if Florida suddenly is an option. So pretty much trying to quell any, any concerns that because they're taping week to week now, if Florida has to emergency... You know, put some protocols in place in in quick time, and WWE can't run there. But Mon is saying that there's other key states ready to to house them. Basically, he was asked about the soft ratings during the the pandemic, and and you know, and how to how to reverse the trend. He said it goes to the product itself. It's a different feel completely. 
Um, he said that they are figuring out ways to adjust in this new environment and that Raw has seen a lot of new talent that people are getting to know. So, you know, I mean, I think it's difficult really to, to ding the WWE for the ratings because everything is pretty much down. If we even just look at AEW's figures, which we will do later, compared to what they were doing earlier in the year, they are, they are down pretty considerably. So there you go. Oh, the the blood money from Saudi Arabia. Um, They want to have another event, but obviously unsure if they can give an all clear by sort of November, December time. Um, They will just tack on the event to the backside of the contract so they won't lose any money. And they're still working on Mina rights, but it's going slowly. Big news for us here at the Dimp Digital Network. We we started as a, a video game YouTube channel. And there will be no WWE 2K2021. So no traditional yearly release video game. Those that aren't in the bubble of of the video games world. Um, WWE 2K20, which I think was October last year, that released to an awful, awful dog shit reception. Um, They essentially had changed developers... I don't know if it's midway through, but they decided they were going to move away from their, their developers, Ukes, who'd been doing them for, for almost probably a decade now, handed it off to another another studio who'd been supporting over the years, but did not have the, the expertise to pull that off. And it's, it's I've got it. <clears throat> I paid for that. And um, annoying because I had to go up to 20, 2019. So there won't be another one of those games. I don't know if they're going to do another game, like a, a different type of video game. Who knows? But... There you go. When asked if they could film at full sale of a live audience practicing social distancing, McMahon admitted he doesn't know what live audience will mean anymore. You know, testing and distancing, etc. If anyone if anyone knows how to do it in a safe and exciting way, it's us. He added they will likely be the first like they always are. So he's yeah, setting themselves up there. You know, if once the crowds, if there's a way around it to get the live crowds in, Vinnie Mac saying that the WWE are going to do it first. Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, McMahon says that the coronavirus caught everyone with their pants down, but they still think the network deal with a streaming partner is close and that a number of people still want their content. A free version of the network is likely to come in Q4. He went over and he went over how the, the talent and employees are tested in the performance centre. They do everything imaginable, in quotes. Uh, including, uh, you know, separate hotels, monitoring for everyone forms. Triple H came on, made an appearance talking about the company that they've contracted for specific cleaning and, and coating services. They've got a, a, a third party in to make sure the performance centre and any areas where people are performing are adequately cleaned down. He put over the talent and that they have risen to the occasion. He's very, very proud of them, he said quarterly release notes so this is some some stats and whatnot this concludes ratings network merchandise attendance raw ratings were down 16 percent year on year while new usa network which is what raw is um broadcast on in, in america was down 29 percent and the top 25 cable networks are all down five percent so usa network almost 30 percent down year on year um, and Raw only sixteen percent down, so the the network they're on is is going down at a higher rate than what they are. So that's a little win for them. 
Although that's got to be worrying for the USA Network, they're 30% down. SmackDown ratings were up 16% year on year, while Fox was up 36%. And the big four broadcast networks were down 6%. So Fox are doing well, as you'd expect. Average paid network subs were down 1.4 million year on year from 1.58 million in 2019. Paid domestic was down to 1.05 million from last year's 1.1 million. So they've lost about, what's that, 500k um, or so. Well, no, not even that, is it? Is that 50k? How are we doing this? Yeah, 50k. 50k down. Average live attendance was up. But that was due to just 42 events in the quarter due to the coronavirus. They held 91 worldwide shows in Q1 last year. So the average attendance was up, but they'd done fewer shows. So that, you know, boosts it. Imagine what they'd done if they'd just snuck WrestleMania in. That had gone. The average attendance would have been sky high for the quarter. Live event revenue had obviously declined, as you'd expect, to $17.5 million from last year's $26.2 million. Uh, in in the prior year's quarter so that's to be expected they lost a few shows wrestlemania being the big one so you know live event revenue is going to be down core content right fees double to 133 million year on year whilst advertising and sponsorship was up just 17.4 million from 2019's 10.9 million consumer products declined to 16.9 million down from 20.8 million the prior year's quarter they declined to give an outlook for q2 and the rest of the year due to the uncertainty surrounding the pandemic there you go for the number bods out there there you go that's that um the actual stock itself is interesting because these calls are there to you know boost investor confidence so you can almost see how well they've done at that job by just looking at the stock price what it closed at and then what it opens at hmm so prior to the 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 call itself it closed at 39 pen at uh, 39 dollars sorry and 4 cents and it opened today so friday as we record this at 45 0.76 so it had had the desired effect on the on the share price at least or the stock price it has come down a little bit as i'm as i'm recording this it's down to 44.34 but that's still a decent jump and it's the highest it's been for you know quite a while let's have a look when it was last higher than that uh, all right no it's higher in february so but it's been it's been down the dumps at 30 odds for for a while so there you go, that's that. Right, let's get on to some actual wrestling. Dynamite. This week, we had a, an opening promo with Cody, which was pretty good. It's him sitting at his computer talking about why he wants to win this TNT Championship. I like this. Um, I think one of his the quotes I, I enjoyed the most was, am I the throne breaker? Because I was afraid to sit in the throne. Or something along those lines. But I, I like the, the video packages are coming along really nicely at AEW at the moment they're doing a great job of those we then had Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen in the quarterfinal of the TNT Championship um, great match really good match they kind of stole the same structure as what they used at Revolution i.e. the match didn't officially start Guevara attacks Darby Allen before he gets in the ring and does a 
huge splash off the top rope to the outside whilst Darby Allen is laid across a ladder. The ladder did not break. They both sort of sunk into it and then bounced off. It looked absolutely brutal. But they kind of done that thing where the match doesn't start, so it gives them some freedom to do crazy spots like that and not get disqualified. And eventually they got both got back in the ring and Guevara had the upper hand at that point. It would given Allen an absolute beat down. And um yeah, it was a good good match though. It was definitely these these two they have some great matches and it's a shame that there was no audience for this one as it is for, for all the matches but this one in particular they'd had them eating out the palm of their hands and Darby Adam went over nice finish used his little last supper pinning combination after he'd counted um, Sammy Guevara's finish I, that une- I was unexpected by that I was caught off guard I know they'd set it up with Darby Allen punching Cody two three weeks ago at the end of their tag match but once Guevara had kind of sucker punched him out the gate, I thought this is the opportunity for Guevara to win and have and Darby Allen not to lose much because it's kind of an excuse that he got jumped and then maybe they'll have a, a third match down the line to, to settle it all for the marbles. But Darby goes through, so he'll be facing Cody in the in the semi-finals, which they'd set up a couple of weeks ago, so not surprised by that. We then got broken Matt Hardy, who I'm not a fan of, if I'm honest. I'm not I'm just not feeling this this broken Matt Hardy stuff. And I know people love it. They're like, oh, the broken universe. All the it's just I just don't think it's for me. It's just I'm just not interested in it. What I did like about this video package and this promo that I assume Matt had done from his his home was that it wasn't just this broken Matt Hardy essence as he calls it, like Demarcus. Um, he also transitioned to sort of normal Matt Hardy. So I quite liked that they they can switch between the two and that he's using both of those sort of characters or alter egos to try and get to Jericho and broken Matt wasn't working. So he's gone to normal Matt Hardy to try and lure Jericho in. Sounds like Guevara's going to go and visit Matt Hardy's compound. So expect there to be a potential for a, a cinematic match, if you will. Hmm. Not looking forward to that if that's what happens. Got another little section of technique by Taz. Taz broke down Kenny Omega's... We break down the V-trigger um, and the Snapdragon, which uh, I love that little technique by Taz. Just offers just a, a little bit of legitimacy and, and, you know, we're trying to sell you on the fact this is a, a real contest going on. These moves do have technique behind them. So I hope they keep that up. Even when they get back to quote-unquote normal, it would be good to see that. Um, Kenny Omega then took on you know what I don't know this chap's name it's, it's either, I think it's Alan e, no, it's Alan Angles I think but Jericho was so good on commentary that he was calling him Alan Eagles to start with and now that's sort of burnt into my head but Jericho really shined in this match he was excellent he was Pineapple Pete made another appearance so he was he was getting called out That he called Austin and Billy Gunn the Gun Brothers um, and what I like about Jericho, and this was something that that comes off in most of the matches, like he is a very narcissistic, self-absorbed, delusional character. So when he's on commentary and he makes a genuine mistake, so he was calling Alan Eagles, Alan Angles, or whatever way around it is, he's confused me. Alan Angles, Alan Eagles, whatever way around it was, he was getting it wrong. 
And then when Tony Schiavone tried to correct him, he was like, oh, no, yeah, I, I, I knew that. And he probably, he, he might have genuinely got it wrong, but it fits so well when he makes a mistake and either glosses over it and carries on or corrects himself uh, in, the, in the most sort of unsympathetic, unsympathetic way imaginable. Um, but he's great on commentary. I mean, this whole show, he was excellent. And this this match was it was Omega versus a, a lack of a better term a jobber at the end of the day enhancement talent went about seven minutes but Omega had a gave Alan some some good points gave him let him gave him a chance to shine I like the fact that Kenny beat him with the V trigger didn't have to use his one win eight one winged angel against him so it just kind of sets the bar that Alan Eagles is a um a slightly lower level of talent in comparison to who Kenny normally fights some people will say that he shouldn't be taking seven minutes to beat someone of that calibre, but he made him look good. And it was a short match. It wasn't as though Kenny looked bad in it. And I, I enjoyed that for what it was. We then got a little package from Scorpio Sky talking about his back injury that he had suffered and his road to becoming a professional wrestler, how he nearly gave up all this good stuff. And these packages are starting to flesh out the workers and the characters here on AEW. So they need to keep them up. People like Scorpio Sky who aren't going to be wrestling for the foreseeable future, chuck these promos in every week. He's got a two-parter, so there'll be another one next week. And decent, very decent for the guys that can't wrestle on the show. And then even when everyone can wrestle again, keep doing them. Want to know more about these? We've got to be in the, the Elite promotion. So that's their YouTube channel that uh, Matt and Nick Jackson and the Elite run. And they were promoting episode 200, which was Matt Jackson versus Nick Jackson in a sort of match that took place all over their, their compound, wherever they live. Um, that's the first time... I could, Maybe I've missed it, but that's the first time I remember them doing a Being the Elite promotional spot on AEW Dynamite. So maybe they just wanted to promote that match. Maybe they didn't have room for, you know, to, to fill up everything this week. But it's a, it's a good, seek it out. It's a good watch, actually. Jimmy Havoc then took on Orange Cassidy. So Orange Cassidy made his dynamite debut. He'd previously taken on Pac and lost at AEW Revolution in February. Now, Orange Cassidy can take a good beating. He's... He kind of got his stuff in a little bit, but he was much more grounded in this match than what you would probably expect. And I see why he's popular with people. He certainly is a is a unique cat and, and, and something that's enjoyable to watch. But he actually got the win over Havoc, which I was a bit surprised by. I was hoping that they were going to send Orange Cassidy on a losing streak and that his first win would come at a a big moment because he can lose as many matches as he wants in a row and he's still going to be loved. Whereas I think it made Havoc look a little bit like a geek. So the losing streak idea is gone. That would have been epic to build that up. Like Orange Cassidy keeps losing. He only wrestles once a month or once every eight weeks, whatever it is. And then eventually you kind of promote his first win and there's a big explosion. But wasn't to be. Jimmy Havoc takes the geek spot for the week and um, he's kind of got a bit of a get out that Penelope Ford was a minor inconvenience and distraction, but wasn't good. It wasn't a good look for Havoc, who they'd done well with building up to on Dark and looking to do his feud with Luther. But obviously, plans have had to change due to the the roster being either locked down or not able to get to the the tapings. Mm. 
good old beer that is. MJF promo. Good as always. I think he called his fans the MJFs, which dangerous thing to do to start even giving fans the idea to like you and call themselves MJFs because you know there's going to be signs that people bring and stuff like that. But MJF knows what he's doing. He was promoting that he'd, he'd suffered a, a bad injury and he was talking into the camera, talking about the terrible you know, pandemic that's going on. As the camera zoomed out, you could see his arms in a sling. I was like, oh, Christ, maybe he broke his arm or something. It's, it's, no. Turns out that MJF got a hangnail. <laughs> Whilst he was gambling with Sean Spears on Dynamite, so he was obviously taking the piss. Lee Johnson took on Wardlow in a nice squash match. Wardlow looks like if you just look, he looks the business. Like he's a huge, huge man, and yeah, I I feel like you could slowly work him into having a good upside. Some people probably think he's just a generic big guy, but I just something about him. I he just kind of looks the business to me. Well, if I was to show someone who doesn't watch wrestling, I go pick one of these out. I think they're going to pick him or Lance Archer out because they're the two biggest. But Wardlow certainly going to give Lance Archer a run for his money. That's for sure, just for looking at him. Brody Lee promo after that. Nice little Vince parody when he was asking about um, whether he was six foot two and there's a recruit trying to join. I think it's is it Vance Preston, something like that. he's joined the, the the new order anyway. And he was asking how tall he was, what weight he was, whether he played football. And these are kind of like inside jokes and digs at Vince because he it, apparently he he loves former college athletes that have had to give up football and come into wrestling. And, he, and well documented that he likes guys with size as well. So and Brody Lee still doing his little jabs at Vince McMahon for those that kind of know the inside stories of that. And then we had another squash where Justin Law took on um, Brody Lee and it set up a, a Marco Stunt versus Lee match they're going to kill Marco Stunt again so they'd Lance Archer murder him and now I think he'll get a little bit more in with Brody Lee but he's still going to surely get d- just dominated only thing I didn't like here was that we had Lee Johnson v Wardlow Justin Law versus Brody Lee two squashes on the bounce with talent that's local talent so mm, probably could have done with having them different in a different order of the cards so that there wasn't two in the bounce but I like this padding of the records because AEW do use their win-loss records and they show them and they're used to sort of leverage and give the audience an idea of how well people are doing but these this this sort of padding against you know quote-unquote nobodies is going to pay dividends later on because this year they're going to have an impressive looking record um, when, the, when the numbers start rolling in so I think they're making use of the situation well in that sense had a quick promo with um best friends setting up a tag match with kip Sabin and jimmy havoc as soon as this happened i kind of knew the outcome of the main event because i was like they're, they're clearly setting up a match for next week or the week after with someone who could be involved in the semi-finals of the tournament so that's the second reason why i thought kip was going to lose and the first reason was that Dustin had already kind of put his career on the line and you kind of think, is he really going to go out on his shield and retire on Dynamite where there's no fans? Uh Uh-uh, that's not going to work. So, yeah, there's a a promo setting up that tag match, which is a little bit of a giveaway for the the main event if if Dustin's 
you know potential retirement wasn't we've got another bubbly bunch segment which was again pure comedy they did some flim flam dancing contests and you know it's just light-hearted entertainment jericho was offering hand sanitizers to the winner and sammy won because you know sammy sammy went over the top and done backflips and all sorts and jericho got annoyed with him because he was trying to show off and clearly Jericho can't do that so he got a little bit envious of him we then had a little advertisement for John Moxley so he'll be doing a promo next week probably addressing his empty arena match with Jake Hager and then we got to the main event which was Dustin Rhodes versus Kip Sabin in the TNT Championship or tournament it was fine they both worked hard um, for the second match running Penelope was her effect has been quite prominent in recent weeks she's interfered and got the win for Kip or got the upper hand for whoever she's you know interfering on behalf of but earlier on she kind of half cost havoc because he got a bit distracted by her and in this one she was nullified by um uh bloody hell Brandy Rhodes who stopped her from getting involved and and costing Dustin the match and a code red Dustin beat beat him with so it's good to see that getting a, a pin Kip will come again and, and Dustin will now face Lance Archer in the semis. You know, the the obvious route is that we're working towards Lance Archer v. Cody in the finals, and that en route, Dustin is just pummeled by Lance Archer, giving Cody a reason to want to beat Lance Archer's ass, but... I don't know if they're going to do it. They they do do the obvious thing and they do the thing that makes sense, you know, quite a lot of the time, which is not a bad thing. I, I hate being surprised for the sake of being surprised when the surprise is shit. So it makes sense that it's going to be those two in the final. I feel like there's something that they can, they can do to maybe avoid or put off the Lance Archer v. Cody match because um, you've got Darby Allen in there. I don't, know. I, don't, I don't think Dustin's going to get to the final. I mean, had there been a live crowd for Double or Nothing, I could have seen them really trying to play up Dustin and Cody in the final and having another match, this time for the TNT Championship. But with no audience there, I don't think they're going to bother trying to even have that as a consideration. It's not. I don't think that's a, a, a likely um, outcome, I should say. Uh, moving on to the ratings. So, last night's episode, well, not last night's, Wednesday night's episode of AEW Dynamite averaged 731,000 viewers. That's the biggest number they've had since March the 25th. They averaged in the 18 to 49 demo, which people will say is the money demo, uh, the same as last week, which is 0.25. That put them 24th in the cable rankings for that category uh nxt who had beaten the total viewers of dynamite for two weeks running so they got a little streak together uh slumped to a six hundred and sixty-five thousand viewers so they uh, were beaten by aw and as per usual they lost in the 18 to 49 demo um averaging of 0.18 and got back into the top 50 though so that's something for them um, the only yeah, the only demo that NXT won was the over 50s um, so that's the one that they kind of always seem to win which is a a good one they were tied in females 12 to 34 and then AEW won every other category and um, yeah so they've bounced back and I've got to say I'm a bit surprised because I, I don't think they've 
really put on a terrible show, Dynamite, recently, and I haven't been watching. I haven't been watching NXT. I was on the on the brink of it before we started getting this empty arena stuff, but just the the setup that WWE have with with no. I mean, AEW still have the wrestlers around the side. Now, whether in their second run of tape and they continue that, I don't know. But it don't half make a difference just to have some noise. It, it don't half make a difference, that's for sure. But yeah, I, I was surprised to see them bounce back because the, the Hager and Moxley match didn't get the rave reviews. I didn't think it was as good as what I was expecting after what I'd been told by everyone at AEW. I thought they might suffer a bit this week and they couldn't get the job done with a world title fight last week and yet they've bounced back and, you know, they've won in the demos and on the average viewers. So, surprising. I guess some of the viewers are based on last week's programme. I if it's good, they will come back the following week. Um, but Dustin... Imagine winning that if Dustin v Kip is the main event. No no disrespect to those guys, but it's not their, their big hitters. That's for sure. That's that's a good job from from AW. What's interesting is the ratings for 2020 so far, and it's delayed viewing. So if you look at the seven day cycle of who watches NXT or AW on a Wednesday, so you get kind of seven days to say right someone watched it three days later we'll count that and it runs from week to week AEW gets 1.1 million in a delayed viewing bracket so seven days they will get on average 1.1 million people that watch it later on or, or, or live on the nights in total so they break the 1 million there NXT gets 860k over the seven days so that is less but Got to remember that they are also on the WWE Network Thursday. So they go up goes off about 24 hours later on the network. So there might be some nutters out there that are um, that have access to USA Network and are watching it on the network, uh, on the WWE Network. Don't know why you'd do that, to be honest. But there you go. That's going to be it for this week. Another flying solo episode of a few beers. And... Um, We'll be back at some point in the near future to give you your wrestling fix, hopefully with some sort of event review. But um, we will see. If not, there's always going to be some news to talk about, some uh, bits and pieces. So keep tuned. If you're not, if you've just stumbled across this episode and haven't subscribed to the actual podcast show feed, do it. It's on every podcast outlet: Apple, Google, Spotify got a youtube channel now so it's this will go on youtube as well as an audio only um, podcast we do not have any production values on the videos but we heard you loud and clear youtube that you still like to just listen to stuff on that platform so you, you subscribe to the channel and you'll get it there but um no nothing more for me to say apart from thanks for your time and ta-da
This was a Dimp Digital production.